You're tuned into the all new Freedom 106.5. 106.5. Welcome back to TNT and in studio with me is Mr. Jody White and his guests for Agribusiness Innovations and it's brought to you with the kind compliments of Kariri. Good morning, Jody. Morning, Trinan Tobago. Welcome to another installment of Agribusiness Innovation. Of course, we're live on Freedom 106.5 FM. Today's show is quite interesting. We have a couple different guests and starting off with us, our friends from Kariri. Miss Alicia Williams and Dr. Leticia Nicholas. Thank you for coming. Thank, Thank you, so you for, having, for having, us. having us. So tell me, first of all, what is Kariri? So we are the Caribbean Industrial Research Institute, Kariri. We've been around for a long time. We're going to celebrate our 54th anniversary this year. And over that time, we've been able to contribute to national development, which is our mandate. And the Institute was, um, and collaboration between the government and the UNDP. So we're all about innovation and entrepreneurship and all of that. So we have ten, about 10 different labs that do tests in almost anything that you can think about. So we test water, soil, pitch, concrete, asphalt, air, all kinds of different things. And then we have the newer part of Kariri, which is called the Center for Enterprise Development. And there we have our newer types of services like innovation, business services, and we also have our ICT services as well. So there's no other institution in this part of the world, in the region, sorry, that houses all of these services like Kariri does. We're really a one-stop shop. Now, agri-business innovation and Kariri in particular is key to the development of those different elements for the region. I don't want to say Trinidad and Tobago, mm -hmm. I want to say for the region. Yes. And starting off, someone who has an idea for a food product, but needs to get it developed to the standards that meet both local and international requirements. Kariri can help with that. Yes, so firstly, if you have an idea, we would advise you to meet with our food technology department uh, and they will help you with getting that idea to fruition, um, coming up with the formulation and going through all the different testing to make sure that your product is exactly how you want it. Or you may have had a product already, it's in front of you, but you don't know how to advance it, how to get it uh, onto the shelves so that's where we would come in we can guide you in terms of what you would do and where you would do the testing many persons tend to call us uh, thinking that we are the place to start for testing but it actually starts uh, if it's a food product or food and beverage product with uh, the CFDD which is chemistry food and drug division right and you're supposed to contact them and they advise you on the tests that you need to do on your specific product. So the tests that you would do for a juice versus a, a pepper sauce versus a sweet, like a fudge, it may vary. And they would be the ones to give you that information. And once they've done that, uh, you contact us at Kuriri and we will do the testing for you and provide you with results. So taking a step back, one of the things when you launch a food product is that you want to make sure that your consumers will not get sick. And for that, you have to do specific types of testing. It's not just how it tastes or how it looks. It's what you can't see that you may put on a shelf and someone purchases maybe a month later, two months later. You want to make sure that person does not get sick. It will affect your brand. And of course, you could kill somebody, which is not what you want to do. So one of the most important things that you need to have, like Doc just said, 
is an accredited lab who would do the testing of the different elements to make sure that the food is safe. Now, Kariri is accredited um, for both local requirements and international, correct? Yeah, so we are accredited. We have ISO 17025 and uh, 9001 accredited uh, uh, for testing and for our calibration department. Uh, one of the things is that if you have the goal of exporting into the U.S., they require certain types of testing to be done as well as certain types of label declarations. Now, one of the things that Curry does, which is important that I've seen, is that you do nutritional testing in the format that is required for the Food Safety Modernization Act. Yes. So, tell me something. The process of somebody, they go to food and drug, and then they want to come to Kariri to have these tests done to start off with. How do they start that process with Kariri? Okay, so once you've received the list of tests from Chemistry, Food and Drug, uh, for food products, uh, it can range from preservative testing. So that would come in in terms of the safety that you were mentioning earlier, as well as microbiological testing, which is done under Food and General Microbiology Department. Right, so you would do those tests and provide the results to chemistry, food, and drug. There are limits which you should not exceed, so they would advise you if you have exceeded the limits, you need to go back and work on your formulation to adjust it so that it does not cross those limits. Right, um, so that's dealing with things that would be required for chemistry, food, and drug. If you wanted to export, you would need to do nutritional facts analysis, uh, which is done at Kariri according to the US FDA. So it's a panel of tests. And if you look at a, a food product or a beverage or anything like that, you see that little panel to the back or sometimes to the side that says nutritional facts. So that is what we do. It's a range of about 15 to 17 tests that we do. And the results are done in that panel form. And uh, that's what you need if you want to export your products. I want to take back a couple of years. I came to Kariri because you offered a course. Mm -hmm. In that course, it was making, they were teaching people how to use preservatives. Okay. Because I've seen people try to make these themselves to launch on the market. And they say, well, I could sprinkle a little bit of this. Somebody told me sodium benzoate is a preservative. So I put it into this. But certain types of preservatives are suited to certain types of foods. And that is a very much a danger in Trinidad. So I learned through Kariri, through one of the courses that they offered. And do you still offer courses as well? Yes. 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 I learned. Yeah, we have courses. Yeah. So I learned how to make juice through Kariri for a commercial scale. When I say commercial, Kariri taught me how to make juice to make sure the level of sweetness was the same throughout, mm -hmm. how to use thickeners, if I need to use thickeners, make a product that is standardized, make a product that is safe, make a product that will last on the shelves. Yes, uh, so that's something that we think is very important. And coming back to the preservative aspect, there is a very big push for things to be natural and organic at this time. And uh, 
persons tend to not want to include a preservative. And we encourage people to come in and, and have a chat with us because uh, there are things that you can utilize in your product, uh, um, like acidity perhaps, uh, that uh, depending on the type of product, of course, that you can utilize what is not chemical based uh, in the sense that persons will understand because at the end of the day, everything is a chemical, water is a chemical, right? But uh, from a synthetic chemical point of view, they tend to, some persons tend to not want to include that in their product. Now, we are not here to force you <laughs> to do certain things, but you have to understand that, as you said, safety is important for your, um, your client, the persons who are purchasing your product. So if you don't want to utilize a, a particular type of uh, preservative, there are other things that are available that you could explore and utilize in your product uh, that uh, should still be able to um, ensure the safety of your, the persons using it. So are you saying that you can take my product and assist me with procedures, formulations, methods of processing that can help me develop my product further? Yes, so that is uh, something that is done under the Food Technology Department and uh, they can assist you with uh, developing your formulation the way you would want it. Um, if it is you need to, as you mentioned before, um, ensure that you have a consistent product uh, over time, they can assist you with ensuring that that is done, right? In terms of uh, you might have not have been doing something before that you need to do now. Um, another thing we noticed, we've noticed in terms of adding preservative, weighing out that preservative is very important. <laughs> and uh, something as simple as, as um, people tend to say, okay, a, t a tablespoon, I'll add a tablespoon to a bucket of my juice or a, my soap. A, 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 cup, a cup full of bleach to a bucket. Right? Um, the problem with that is uh, there are um, different, uh, sometimes some of these preservatives may come in slightly different forms. So it might be uh, more like a crystalline salt. Um, some of it might be like a powder. Now, if you're weighing a tablespoon of a crystal versus a powder, it's a difference. It makes a difference. And so we encourage persons to purchase uh, the necessary equipment, like balances, uh, even if it's a small one, um, to measure the required quantities uh, so that they don't get it wrong. Because when you come to us and you, we test it and it's outside of the limit, you have to do it over. You have to reformulate and you have to test over. And that's money that has now gone and it's now an additional so cost. All of this guidance is available from all of the departments that she just called. Yeah. So we're here to assist. <laughs> and here thing, eh? We're talking about developing a food product for um, a grocery shelf. Mm -hmm. One of the most dangerous items in a restaurant at times can be ice. Mm -hmm. Because the water that is used to make ice is not always monitored or checked for safety. Similarly, if you have a food product and you add water, you wash your vegetables, you do different things, a lot of people don't think that their water needs to be tested. You offer testing of water to ensure that it's safe, correct? Yes, we do. So we, we do testing for portable water and production water. And whilst the water should be safer because it's coming through our municipal supply uh, wherever it is being stored before it's being used so your pipelines or if it is you have your ice maker you're not if you're not cleaning those things properly or flushing them out properly you may have uh, 
you know, um, contaminants being present within them. And uh, that now leads to your your clients or persons who are using it or even your employees being placed in some sort of danger uh, because it's not being flushed and cleaned as it should be. And so you can come into us and test again and we can ensure or advise you if there's something you need to look at, if there's some cleaning that you need to do. Yeah. So here's the other thing. I have a product. I make it from home. It's on a couple grocery shelves and I'm ready to go bigger. I've never run a facility before. I don't know what a facility is supposed to look like. Where I supposed to put my sink? Where I supposed to put my table? Where I supposed to put my vegetable cutter? Curry can assist me with my facility layout, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, so that would fall under food technology as well. They can assist you with that. Um, we do have a brand, well, maybe not spanking new because persons have been using it. <laughs> Add to Freeport where you can come in if you're not ready, if you don't have the space yet to launch on a large scale. You want to launch on a large scale. You have the market for it, but you don't have the capital and the capacity you can come in there is space at career where you can come in and use and uh, produce your product on a larger scale now i have been working with curry since 2016. uh before my products were launched of course you would have done the testing for me my micro b testing mm -hmm. you would have done my nutritional analysis you would have visited my facility and done the layouts as well you would have also visited me and assisted me with training my employees in um GMPs, mm -hmm. good yes. manufacturing practices, yes, help the development of, of um, HACCP documents. So, Curry is pretty much like a one-stop shop for everything. Yes. Now, <laughs> beyond that, the safety of your employees, the safety of your neighbors in terms of the discharges from your facilities, the noise levels in your facilities, ensuring that it adheres to all laws. Those are things that Curry also offers. That is correct. So when you're scaling up uh, and you start to go towards a processing facility, you know, I think some persons, they start very humble, humble beginnings. They're making their pepper sauce and they're not thinking that they can get to that stage, but they do. And kudos to them and <laughs> getting to that point. And uh, there you have to now consider discharge. Uh, what is coming out of your facility? What can be entering, you know, your rivers, as you mentioned, in terms of your neighbors and your environment. And that's a big part of what we do at the chemistry department in terms of uh, uh, effluent testing or discharge. Um, and we also can assist you with uh, determining whether or not you have anything present in your discharge that needs to be treated. So we do have departments uh, where we can start with that process, checking for you, ensuring whether or not there is things that you need to test before the regulatory bodies come down on you and say, hey, you're polluting and you need to pay, all right? So we can do all of that at Kariri. All of that is available and we're just waiting for you to come in and chat with us. <laughs> I want to take that a little bit further because these are things that I've seen. You can assist people who have novel ideas, but equipment is not really specifically available for that type of processing because i've seen you make pigeon peas shellers before <laughs> i've seen you make uh, roasters before so you do have those services that people who need uh specific solutions um you can possibly assist with design maybe even build depending on the application 
depending on the application. Yeah. So that's uh, another area that uh, you could look at. Um, and of course, once you come in, it, it would be dependent on the type of project. So it does involve a lot of communication between us and uh, that particular client to determine if it's something that we can assist with and how we how best we can help you. I want to jump back on something. What is the importance of working with an accredited lab? Well, the importance of working with an accredited lab, uh, when you have to send your results anywhere, you know, it, it's backed by something. That's the whole point of being accredited. You know, we have uh, auditors coming in to view our processes. They view our personnel conducting these tests as well to ensure that they are doing it according to the methods, uh, according to internationally set standards. So when you send your products to an accredited lab, you're sure that it's being done to a particular standard and that is being met time and time again, as opposed to others where you're not certain then there is no external person coming in to say yes this company is doing everything that this particular document outlines as it should be done now you don't do work here you do work overseas as well for other companies what other countries do you do like regionally well we, we visited so many countries yeah. but just speaking from the chemistry department uh, we do work uh, all over the Caribbean. We have done work. Yeah, we've done work for companies in Guyana, in Suriname, um, Barbados, uh, Saint Vincent, Saint Lucia. <laughs> so we have done testing, uh, um, and some of our personnel have gone to these uh, countries as well to take tests, um, take samples, sorry, and to do analysis as well. So. We are all over. It's not. We, we'd like to be the best kept secret in Trinidad, but no, we. <laughs> we from that image. Yeah, I, we're, I, we're all over. <laughs> I want to tell you something. I, I remember um, I was trying to figure out how dangerous cassava leaves were, mm -hmm. because there are people who would say that cassava has cyanide. Mm -hmm. uh, it's dangerous. You can't eat the leaves, and then some would say that um, no, you can. Yeah, and, and there was conflicting information that was available. So I did come to Korea as well to do uh, testing on cyanide content. And I was able to then safely eat cassava leaves on a specific variety, though. I don't go and eat a random <laughs> cassava leaves. But these are the th type of things that if you have an idea and you want to develop it or you want to produce something, you want to make sure it's safe, that you need to work with people who have more knowledge than you uh, and there's a limit to, to your personal expertise I would say so working with uh, an organization like Curry that has experts from a wide range of fields um, they have cross-functional teams that can help you with your project um, and take it further and I know you're very very well equipped in terms of your lab right mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have uh, uh, GC instruments uh, as well as HPLC. Uh, we recently got an ICP. Um, <laughs> right, we have an AA. So I'm calling things, but these are things that I'm calling um, the the acronyms. But uh, these are things with gas chromatography, um, high performance liquid chromatography, a mass spec, um, atomic absorption, um, that type of thing for analysis uh, from alcohols uh, to the metals that might be present to sugars uh, to pharmaceuticals uh, so we have the necessary equipment um, 
to test whatever you may have that, that you're interested in testing. It's very few things that we cannot test. We do not test bodily fluids. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because we do get calls about it. Uh, we, we, test, um, we test animals. So in terms of chicken or fish, we do test fish for things like heavy metals. Uh, so Pesticide residue. We do test um, pesticide residue. And we do have a list of uh, subcontracted foreign labs that we work with that uh, are aligned with our quality system. So... Even if we cannot test it, we have a list of uh, subcontractors who can test for you. So to review, you have a product, you have an idea. If it's just an idea, you want to go to Kariri to help get it developed to a commercial level so that it's safe. Of course, they can help with formulations, development, microbe testing, make sure it's safe. Next thing you want to tell people you're selling something healthy, you have to back it up with information. Kariri can assist you with developing the nutrition facts of your product, that's a total calorie content per serving, proteins, fats, carbs, different vitamins. And some of these things are required if you're looking to send these products overseas. Don't send it overseas and let the FDA catch you and give you a hefty fine. It must be tested and it must be tested by an accredited lab. It can't just be any lab. It has to be an accredited lab and then your results must be displayed in a particular manner. You can't just go to a graphic designer and tell them, put it any old how. No. <laughs> That's important. Yes, uh, if anyone who has ever visited the USFDA site, they are extremely specific. They tell you the font size, if it's supposed to be bold or not, what is outlined or not outlined, they are very specific. So if your label does not conform, then they will pull your product. Not just pull your product, they'll charge you, send it back, <laughs> and then you can get a ban and sometimes a permanent ban from importing it within the country. So I just wanted to let you know, Miss Edwards is on Zoom waiting to join the conversation. Great. So um, as we begin to close off this uh, section with Kariri, tell us how we can contact you to start this process or just get more information. Sure. You can visit our website at www.kariri.com and... You can also give us a call, 299-0210, and just ask for the chemistry department, and we'd be able to assist you. Also, we're very active on social media. We have our Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube um, platforms, so you can always reach, get our information there as well. And uh, most importantly, which to me is something we didn't focus on, we touched on it, the courses that you offer production of I think pepper sauce and juice and these uses of preservatives how can people find out more same way your social media website yeah we definitely put all of the information first on our social media platform so you can always check it there great so thank you so much Curry for visiting with us we're glad to have you on board you are the safety of Trinidad when it comes thank to food <laughs> and thank you for the endorsement <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah have you good good morning to Miss Sharon put Rose um, oh, yeah. we're doing out now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much we're gonna go to a quick commercial break and when we be back we'll be back with Miss uh, Mika Edwards thank you thank you 
the best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. TNT, and now we continue with Agribusiness Innovations with Jody White on Freedom 106.5 FM. Thank you, Miss Mika Edwards is now on the show with us all the way from St. Vincent. She is a lecturer in hospitality and agribusiness. Mika, thanks for coming on. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. What's the weather like in St. Vincent this morning? It's rainy this, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to touch today on what is happening in agriculture in St. Vincent and how the youth are involved and you are directly on the forefront. So starting off, tell us a little bit about yourself professionally. All right. So, hmm, where do I begin? <laughs> well, I have been lecturing in agriculture at the St. Vincent Agrandis County College, specifically the Division of Technical and Vocational Education for the last 16 years. Yeah. I did my studies in, my advanced studies were done in Trinidad. So I attended EKEA where I had my, got my associate degree. And then I attended the University of the West Indies where I obtained a bachelor in general agriculture. I'm currently pursuing my master's degrees in value addition for food and nutrition security at the University of the West Indies St. Augustine as well. So I am both involved in both primary production and uh, adding value um, part of it in terms of processing and so on. Now, so, the, the youth yeah. and agriculture in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, you're finally seeing more people coming on board now for in terms of younger generations? Well, to be honest, you know, in the last, three or so years there have been a rise in youths being involved in agriculture one because of during the time of covid in terms of finance employment and there's now a bit more access to equipments such as tillers and access to getting greenhouses which used to be a bit of a problem long ago so there's a bit of access now not the the the, the it's not at the level where everyone can access it, but you two want to make this investment are accessing. Also, there has been a rise in backyard gardening since the, 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 the COVID, since during the COVID period, when most people were home and everybody started thinking about eating healthy and getting access to food. So there has been a big rise in everyone actually involved in doing backyard gardening. For example, um, there's this pro program, Helen's Daughter, out of St. Lucia. She has been offering training in St. Vincent online uh, since 2021 after a volcanic eruption. And we have trained over 200 women in sustainable agriculture and other components of agriculture. So yes, these same women are now involved in backyard gardening, some are even gone beyond backyard gardening in terms of I have one of my because I'm also one of the facilitators who do the training. I there's a young lady who now she's also a full-time teacher. She has broilers, over six hundred broilers and she has layers and she also do a little bit of gardening. So yes, and she is youth. So there's a lot of youth now are being more involved in agriculture production. Now primary production post-harvest or, you know, um, 
agro processing. Yes. How, how, what direction do you find the youth going in more? Well, to be honest, there's a lot of small businesses in terms of youths who are actually developing things like pepper sauce, jams and jellies, even um, different types of cakes from these composite flour and so on. So there's a lot of small pockets of these individuals, whereas they're also the on-rise of youth actually creating the primary um, produce because within we have a Sanders, which is going to be open in a few, well, in the next month or so, and we have to be able to provide produce for these hotels and there are other hotels that are up and coming that we have to. So there's a lot of youth actually involved in primary production and there's a pockets of youth also involved in agro-processing. I remember last month there were the government gives out, gives out um, machinery to few youth groups in the northern part of the island in terms of to start their get their processing up and running in a more efficient way because they would have do, be doing things like pepper sauce, jams, jellies, and homemade alcohol beverages. So now they are equipped to increase production as well as proper um, safe production. One of the things that I know is that students who attend the courses at, at the school that you're in, throughout the the time there, they're actually able to develop like a full business plan blueprint so that when they graduate, they have something that they can execute. Do you find that there's an entrepreneurial spirit as in when they graduate, they actually want to look at this as a business or do you find a lot of kids are still a little bit afraid to take the risk and jump into it? There's one or two students who will jump into it and get involved in actually a forming a business or starting a business. But the major problem is access most of the time to finance. That is one of the major hindrances. because even though they have a business plan and so on, most institute, lending institution is not going to just give them funding based on their business plan. And we do not have an agriculture development bank here or a place that gives business, um, loans to small upcoming business right so you most time have to take a personal loan and oftentimes these youths will not be able to take a personal loan even if they have access and they can take a personal loan they will have hindrance in terms of in place to set up the facility because they will not be able to have ownership of land as yet so all these things would be a bit of a hindrance also access to things like packaging proper packaging for whatever product that they are going to produce or access to the machinery. The machinery can be quite costly if you want to think about adding value in a more efficient way, right? So access to equipment and also sometimes the knowledge of the correct equipment to create your product could be a hindrance. But there are a few youths who actually actually continue and started a business, whether it's an agro-processing business, and I know of a few right now who are actually doing farming business in terms of they're looking towards investing in things like hydroponic system, aquaponic system, um, implementing whatever technology that they can afford to ensure that their farming is efficient. I'm curious to know though, when they launch a product, they have it for sale, whether it be in a grocery or at a marketplace somewhere, how does the general population respond to it? You think they're, they're happy to give them support or how do they feel? 
Well, to be honest, I would have, if you had asked me that question about two or three years ago, I would have said that we had, Vincentians hardly support local, but now it's totally different. Vincentian support locals when once there's a youth involved in creating a product, you would see they come out and they try to endeavor best to to support our purchase from these and give them feedback and so on. So yes, now they're support their individuals who are actually supporting local development. So based on what you said, you think that some of the things that are needed on the island would be like access to financing is one of the major hindrances. Are there major any other hindrances? things? Was that? Hello? Yes. Yes, that is one of the major hindrances and access to machinery. Okay. Do you know of any plans that are in place to help to you know bring more machinery on the island or you know of anything like that happening right now? I know within the Ministry of Agriculture there are plans in place to bring more tillers and those sort of things. And we have been having access to those sort of things in terms of even though an individual farmer may not have access to a tiller, you can get the services being offered by the Ministry of Agriculture, right? But at the same time, you have to be a registered farmer and sometimes the youths are not going in and registering to be, you know, to get the, be a registered farmer. So that can be a bit of a hindrance. But there are equipment such as tillers on the ground because we, at the college are recipients of one of these tillers, which we normally use to get our area up and running. So, yes, access to things like tillers there, but there are other things that are needed in terms of um, even access to um equipments for setting up your hydroponic systems and so on if we want access to those sort of things oftentimes we have to refer to places like Ariaponics, trinidad and those places to obtain things like ibc tanks if we want to do your aquaponics and so on just this morning me and one of my past students were online at Ariaponics looking to see whatever we can bring in for those sort of things so that is one of our problems because even though we have we know where we can get it from we have to consider the freight coming into the country and how we're getting it into the country. We can find the, the stuff that we need right there in Trinidad, but let's say it's in San Fernando, we have no one there, and most of these business places are saying they are not delivering to the port. So we have to now find someone to purchase it and get it to the port first. So we run into problems like that. And even in terms of packaging, access to the right packaging for your processing, your processed products like wines and different jams and jellies you know we oftentimes put the wines back in our reuse rum bottle yes i don't have a problem against recycling but if you're talking about the aesthetics of wine it should not be placed in a rum bottle and access to wine bottles and so on sometimes the cost can be very high out of trinidad alone if we cannot get it here locally yeah you know um what are some of the crops that they tend to work with over there that you're seeing like an increased usage of? All right. Well, we are diversifying from banana production because, you know, our banana production um, had went down from Black Sigatoka and Moko, and we also lost the market in um, Europe, right? So there have been a lot of diversification in things like butternut squash, and a lot of people are becoming more health conscious. So we are into the kales and the cantaloupe and all these nice different um, vegetables we would have imported long ago. So we are growing the 
um, lettuce of different color that has the anthocyanin and all these other things. So there's been a lot of diversification in terms of what we grow now. So it's no longer just banana and root crops, but we are into growing different herbs and those sort of things because there's a market for those things and individuals i say are a bit more health conscious now so you have your individual who want to do their kale salad or their smoothies so kale is, is actually in a high demand as well as things like butternut squash and well pe- peppers and tomatoes are always in demand Tosca, yeah. tell, tell you a story. Eh? When I go into a yeah. sweet potato field in trinidad right and somebody want to dig a sample for me they'll come with a pitchfork they get sometimes the pitchfork bounce back because it did too hard. Mm. When we go to St. Vincent, this commander's coming to his hand and just brush off the dirt because it's volcanic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, very soft. The, the consistency is different. Oh, a man will just pull out one sweet potato from the ground, or this one too small, yeah. you can stick it back in and pull another one. It's so Because loose. our soil is nice and rich and friable, so it's excellent for root crop production. We do well in root crop production, such as your dashi, your edos, your tanya, and Sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes, we do well in that area as well. I know Trinidad imports a lot of sweet potatoes from St. Vincent. Eh? Uh, typically, the white variety that you have, we tend to get a lot. I think they call it Strongman. <laughs> I'm not okay. too sure. But I think we import a lot of it from there. So, your soil is very, very fertile. Um, yep. Do you find that being someone who has traveled uh, different islands, do you find that the produce coming out of St. Vincent because of the soil is that much better? Yes, it's the quality is much better. The post-harvest, the shelf life is much better because it's growing in a nice and rich soil. And it's what once it's taken care of the proper post-harvest techniques after, then you'll have a good, shelf, good long shelf life. You know, has has I remember when there was an eruption that happened recently, you found that that affected agriculture in any way? Affected, um, that can go both ways because yes, when the eruption was on, you had a loss loss of crops and so on. But the after effect in terms of the, the after the soil test was done because Dr. Eudoxy was here in St. Vincent did the soil test and you can actually look around and see in terms of the crops that is growing, it's blooming and those sort of things. So yes, there were positive um, results and there was the negative when we, we had um, the, during the eruption and so on and you know with that eruption you would have lost a lot of trees and what's and so the the microclimate in the area where you had farming going on in the northern part of the island is now exposed and would be a bit hotter in those areas but in years to come or you know we will have those tree growing back to create back that microclimate so you can have your nice agriculture production again but yes there was negative and both positive effects now Mika, i'm gonna ask you uh, what do you think we can do to encourage more youth to get into agriculture? Oh, all right. One, I think we are already on the progress of the process of removing the negative stigma because I'll tell you this, in St. Vincent, Oftentimes, you would think the individuals who are involved in agriculture are the ones who maybe got two or three O levels and so on, but that's not the case. Speaking on behalf of myself, when I went to the technical college, I had eight O levels and I always wanted to do agriculture. I grew up in agriculture and I love agriculture, so that was always 
one of the way I wanted to go. So it's not that you had to have two or three O levels. One, I try to remind students agriculture is also science. I mean, it's not all about just going into the land and tilling it and and that's it. And that's a mentality that most youths had over the years. But when you start explaining to them, you know, the science behind it in terms of if you're going to do hydroponics, you must test for the EC of the water and those sort of things. And even if, when you're doing even processing, when you guide them in the right way of processing in terms of if you're creating a pepper sauce, you have to ensure the right pH in order to have long shelf life, all the steps and the procedures. When we start showing youths that agriculture is not about class and whole just going into the garden, but there's a science behind it, they actually start appreciating it more and gravitating towards it. And I think we have already started that process. I mean, we've been talking about it for years that we have to try to remove the negative effect of agriculture, but we have already started that process and I've seen change. I mean, within the last year, the elite schools that we have in St. Vincent, like the grammar school, they are now involved in agriculture production. And that though I've seen pictures from those schools and the results of what that coming out of the school makes me smile. So yes, we have already started that dialogue on changing the negative mindset of agriculture. I mean, agriculture is sexy. You don't have to think about agriculture's you know, going to the land with a cutlass and hoe because people don't normally go to the land still with cutlass and hoe. Youths, when we talk about youths going to the land, we're talking about you going to tiller. You know, you you either you're, you're going to till an area or you're going to set up an area of hydroponics. You you talk about installing your ground covers, making life easy. Even in terms of if you have an irrigation system, you have it um connected towards your phone. You can know when the temperature rises, you turn on the water. So you have to start showing them the science be kind of it and then bit by bit youths are gravitating one of the things i plan to do this year is actually start going around to secondary schools and market our agriculture program so that individuals can see that it's not what they think i mean oftentimes when i go out and i talk to farmers or i go somewhere the first thing even when i had my my sessions online the first thing people notice about me is my nails and they often wonder, how could you have nails and you're still in farming? I mean, for me, agriculture is sexy. It doesn't matter. Once you go out there and you know what you're going to do, it's not where the you go, you have to slave all day with potters and hoe. I mean, once you have access to finance, you can have mass production with limit, little to no work. You know, Mika, I want to go to a quick commercial break. Uh, and when we get back, we're just going to continue this conversation and wrap it up. All right, cool. Hey, what is all that big smile about? This country under pressure with COVID and this recession. I even sure to get a plate of food when the day come. Boy, you want to smile like me? Take my advice and stop taking chain up with all this plenty for this and buy one, get one free. That could never catch me. Well, tell me what's the secret. Shop at Mirage Westside Supermarket in Arima or Jumbo Foods in Barataria. The whole of town talking about their prices. All three generations of my family that shop there. I really hear my neighbor talking about them. Well, I know where my family shopping from now on. If you want to get prices that wouldn't dry your pocket, shop, shop at Mirage Westside. Westside Supermarket, Supermarket in Arima or Jumbo, Jumbo Foods in Barataria. Horse 
racing fans, Arima comes alive this Saturday, 2nd March, with live races from Santa Rosa Park. Arima, carried on Freedom 106.5 FM with six big races, including the feature race, the Chief Commander Classic, for the top three-year-old horses in the country, racing on the turf for the very first time. The excitement continues with simulcast racing from Gulfstream Park, Santa Anita Park in the U.S., as well as the Caymanas Park in Jamaica. Breaking news for simulcast racing fan: There is no additional 10% surcharge on any simulcast bets. So you can win more with no limits on payments and no restrictions on place and show betting. So activate your Mbet or telephone betting accounts now. Bring your friends and family to Santa Rosa Park this Saturday and win big. Freedom Radio 106.5 FM will give you all the live racing action from 1 p.m. It was a dark and stormy night. It was midday on Tuesday. A lone dark figure stood in my door. It was just the insurance man who wanted me to do a medical for a high-priced policy. <laughs> oh gosh, Edgar, if you so wanted stressless insurance, check out Republic Life. No agents, no medicals. Get insured in minutes. Republic Life Insurance, the first totally digital insurance company. See? Insurance not that scary, dog. For more information on whole life, term to 100 and more, log on to republiclifett.com. Republic Life. Tomorrow, today. Attention farmers, agripreneurs, innovators and entrepreneurs. Are you ready to revolutionize your agricultural business? Look no further than Kariri, where innovation meets cultivation. Kariri can assist you in getting your product on grocery shelves, from conducting the necessary tests and developing sustainable practices, to offering expert guidance and cultivating your business acumen. We provide tailor support to ensure your success in the market. Visit our website site at www.kariri.com or call us at 299-0210 to find out how we can guide you on your journey of growth and success. You're tuned into the all-new Freedom 106.5. 106.5. Welcome back, TNT. Almost close to 11 o'clock, and we rejoin Jody White and his guest inside Agribusiness Innovations. And of course, this show is brought to you by Kariri. Visit Kariri.com for a wide range of information of the services that they offer. Now, when it comes to getting the youth involved in agriculture, I think that it is important to let them know that number one, this must be treated as a business just like it is any other business in any other sector. Agriculture is not just about planting to feed people. It is a business like any other business and you have to treat it as such. The other thing is that agriculture is not just digging a hole, planting something. Agriculture goes beyond into many other sectors. There, is, there are aspects of engineering, biology, chemistry there is so much that you can do in the field of agriculture safety it is not just what people typically think agriculture is the old-time thought of agriculture going out into the fields planting harvesting that is over this is modern agriculture that we're talking about and advancements in technology would be the future and that i think is what is needed in the sector mika what do you think 
advancement in technology yes especially in st vincent i mean if i relate back to trinidad there's a lot of advanced technology over there but we do not have access to that so most of our farmers are still in the old method of going and cutlass and hoe and taking forever so their cost of production increases that's why a lot of them doesn't look at it as a business and some still look at it as a hobby because you have to pay a man um $70 a day and when we talk about a day work we're not talking about entire day we're talking about them coming there at 7 a.m and leaving at 10 or 11 o'clock when this the place starts to get hot so they have an aircraft land and they're going to put in sweet potato they, they don't have any sort of machinery they're going to hire someone to basically farm the region for us in that area and the cost of production goes up and then we have things like pradia larceny and then they're going to lose so that that's why you know it's a lot of them don't approach it as a business they still have it as a hobby which and when in order for it to be productive, you have to approach it as a business. I mean, and if you do approach it as a business, a lot of farmers would lose a lot of friends because those who come by and say, give me give me two heap of banana or give me some sweet potato or whatever, then you will know if you keep doing that, you're going to be losing. But then if you approach it as a business, you know, folks will have to come and buy and then we're going to have a little bit of problem. But it's ideal to approach agriculture as a business in order to be successful. If you don't, you're going to be spinning top in mud. You're going to be going wrong in circles as usual. And you have to, you have to. And if you if you actually look at it as a business, you will make your investment into getting your machinery to increase, you know, production. One of the things that we saw is that daddies typically do a lot of the hard work in the fields. Mummies tend to handle the financial matters, uh, marketing of the produce. And through incomes that they make, they send their kids to university, uh, to school, and the kids then come back with ideas and knowledge and are able to implement different types of innovation back into the fields, back into the products that then take the family agricultural business further to the next level because the kids themselves may be exposed to more and are able to then use that application to grow everything further. And they tend to think on a more global scale. I've seen that specifically in some of the peanut industries in St. Vincent now, actually. Right. In some small pockets. I would say small pockets because I'll be honest. Over the years, farmers who have their students and they have their kids, sorry, and they send them off to study, they come back as lawyers and doctors and accountants and so on didn't often not go off and study agriculture and come back to add benefits to their, their, their parents um, business and farm but in the last two years what I've seen at the college I've had a couple of students who parents are actually into farming and they would come to me and they would say um, mommy is running into problem with when she's creating certain certain sauce or whatever the case may be or daddy is having problem in the field in terms of the sweet potato or whatever problem they have they have one or two in between who come with a background from a home that has farming and they come and they add value back to their parents farm there's one or two what i would love to see is more like that because most youths today once they come from a farming background they go off and they go away to study and they come back as doctors and lawyers and then later on is when they realize that they need a bit of farming and then they see they start getting back into a bit of farming but 
most that what well, that scenario that you explained there, I see that occurring in Trinidad and most of my classmates in Trinidad came from homes where parents are into farming and they went back and add value because when they left EKF or they left UE, they indicated that they were going back to work with their parents to expand their business. And I've seen that their business has grown. I have friends who are into egg production, pineapple production, and so on, and I've rabbit production, and I've seen that they've actually expanded and grown their parents' business. That would be something lovely if more youths here in St. Vincent think along that line. And I know some of my students are right now listening because I sent them the link and I just want to encourage them and big them up big time because trust me, this week and last week that put in some hard work in getting those greenhouse up and running. So I just want to take this time to acknowledge them because getting youth involvement in, involved in agriculture, I mean, it's a big thing. Everybody have to eat. And oftentimes I tell you there's still the stigma and we are working to remove that stigma. So to the youth in St. Vincent, who are uh, at the school with you and who are tuned into Freedom 106.5 FM right now, I want to let you know that agriculture can be very prosperous. You can make a good living in the sector while doing good. It is something that you have to persevere, you have to innovate, you have to keep at it, but it is a very rewarding uh, means of employment. And you can take this on a global scale. So if you're in it, pay attention, push through it, and I am sure that you will enjoy the uh, the final result and be able to reap the fruits of your labor, literally. That's a, a pun right there. So from all of us here at Freedom 106.5 FM, to our listeners here and abroad and, of course, in St. Vincent, I know you all are tuning in. Uh, Mika, thank you very much for being here with us on Agri-Business Innovation. Uh, We are appreciative of it. And um, to our listeners, tune in next week for another installment of the show. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5.